And I'm Renee, and welcome to the Bitchscape. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) So for context, we just recorded our previous episode literally less than 10 minutes ago. (laughs) So that's kind of like redundant. Okay, so how am I? How am I? Um, I am sexually frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist, especially with our prior topic. That's just what I had to go with. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, I'm good. I'm definitely not looking forward to have to go back to work on Monday. So for some context, y'all, I took a three-week mental health break for myself to deal with some personal things, to have more time with my therapist, to work through some things that I'm just not quite ready to talk about yet. And it's been great. Like, oh my God, it's been so great. Like, I'm so thankful that I had a manager who like, as soon as I said I wanted to take a leave of absence, they were like, do it. Do you need to go now? Do you need to go now? Like, it was great, like, to have somebody just be there and be that supportive. Like, yeah, I can tell you need some time to yourself. Like, did you want to go now or did you want to wait? Well, you were um, also working 16-hour days, so. If not more, yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, definitely been a hot minute since I had a break to fully disconnect and turn off my phone and. Take some gummies. Oh, yes. I have. See, now you make me want to go grab one. You can if you want to. Because I have pretty much stayed high this entire week. I will be right back. Okay. We are a pro-plant podcast. (laughs) Pro-legal plant podcast. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there that is not legal that is a plant. (laughs) Right. What flavor? Watermelon. Mm, Watermelon. (laughs) But yeah, sorry. I muted my... (laughs) See, now that is something we're going to get caught out for. (laughs) I know, but he's iconic. (laughs) He is iconic. I miss Vine solely because of him and, um, oh gosh, the white guy that would just randomly go up to people and go, story time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of his name and now I feel bad. I'm going to have to figure I can't it think out. Of it either. But him and then the other guy, I mean, they were like my favorite Viners. Oh, I miss Vine. Is that what they were called? Viners? I don't know. The app was called Vine. I mean, we say TikTokers. No. Oh. Podcasters. So. Viners. All the errs. All the errs. <laughs> I don't know if it's right or not. Um, but anyway, how are you? I am okay. I am tired. <laughs> are we um clear to talk about what happened or not just yet? I mean, sure, we can. I spent this past Thursday, I had to close my shop. I guess we haven't talked about that yet. I am a small business owner and I own... My own pet grooming salon. So I had to cancel and reschedule the rest of my day on Thursday because I was getting violently sick and was in quite a bit of pain. And so I was at urgent care for probably an hour just to be sent to the ER. I was there at the ER for six hours. But I am doing better now. Still don't have any answers, but American healthcare system. So that'll have to be a topic all on its own. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I am okay. I am still tired. And but at least I have an appetite again. (laughs) To give some context, we live two hours away from each other. And you better be lucky that I love you because the minute you told me that you were going to have to go to the emergency room. All I wanted to do was hop in my car and drive out there. Now, you said that Aww. boundary with me. You said don't. Um, so I respected that space. 
even though literally so we have life 360 with our third friendly i was literally just like watching life 360 and if it had been a while since i'd gotten an update from them like i was texting lee like is she okay like what's going on um so i did not even remotely think about going to bed until i saw that you were at your boyfriend's house I was worried. You didn't have to stay up, though. I told you we would keep you updated, and if anything, took a turn, so. Oh, I know. And and I know y'all were definitely keeping me updated, but it was still just that thing where it's like, all I wanted to do was hop in my car and drive out there. So I'm like, to stop myself from doing that and causing you more stress, I needed something else to focus on. So that's what I did. Yeah, I I didn't want you driving out here unless... Now, if I was going in for surgery or something, like, I would have definitely asked you to come, but I'm fine. So, it's all good. (laughs) So, what are we talking about today? So, today we are going to talk about, now, I know this is a little bit of an old topic, um, but just because of my unique stance, I feel like I have on this, especially as a corporate manager, I want to talk about it. And this is the phenomena of quiet quitting. So do you know what quiet quitting is? I do because I've experienced it and I've also been one to quiet quit, but you should definitely explain it. Okay. See, but the way you said that just kind of makes me think that you might not fully understand it. And that's why I want to talk about it because I feel like people have such the wrong connotation of what quiet quitting actually is. So dictionary.com actually has a portion for slang words to define them. And so their definition of quiet quitting is an informal term for the practice of reducing the amount of effort one devotes to one's job, such as by stopping the completion of any tasks not explicitly stated in the job description. The term implies that this is done secretly or without notifying one's boss or manager. Quiet quitting doesn't actually refer to quitting your job. It is used in varying ways that refer to different methods of reducing productivity or the amount of work one performs. So I definitely had the right definition. Okay, that's good. what I said still stands. So I, as a small business owner, have experienced quiet quitting, but not, like it was definitely for a different reason. And then as an employee, I have also been one to quietly quit. (laughs) Well, so, and the reason why I talk about this, so I was not super passionate about it until Dr. Phil did an episode on it. I could not finish watching that episode. I felt so bad for the employment and labor lawyer that they brought on who was continuously cut off, who was belittled, it kind of felt like to me. I I can't even imagine how they felt. Now I'm using they because I don't know the person's pronouns, okay? But his name was Ryan, and I'm going to butcher this last name, Ryan Stayer. He was one of the main guests. And, you know, I think I kind of have such a, like, I don't know if maybe I'm just the weird one, but I don't disagree with quiet quitting. No. It is not a bad thing to me. And I hate that people are being shamed for it. Quiet quitting is sometimes necessary. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong. I am one for those, like, you know, I want to promote. So I know that in order to keep promoting through this corporate ladder, there are some extra tasks that I need to take on. But they're not a part of my job description. If I find that I can't do my job description and this extra stuff, I'm not going to agree to take the extra. 
And I feel like people, especially in corporate America, are being shamed for setting that boundary, especially with so many jobs going to work from home jobs. Mm -hmm. I think it's not just that they're being shamed. We're expected to just do. And if there is a lack in somewhere, people who want to feel useful and needed automatically pick up extra tasks, even if they're not asked. And so when I know me as an employee, you know, if I was to ask, you know, if if I felt like I wasn't being appreciated and if I wasn't being compensated, I would get burnt out and I would get tired. And so without realizing it, you know, I had picked up all these extra things and then I got burnt out because I was doing all these extra things, not being recognized, appreciated, or compensated. And so I started dropping those extra things. And it wasn't until I started dropping those extra things that the managers or owners would realize it. And then they'd be like, hey, why are you not doing this anymore? And I'd be like, well, that's not my job description. You're not paying me to do that, especially because some of my previous jobs, I was on commission. So if I wasn't grooming a dog, I wasn't getting paid. So for me to go in and do all these extra things and not get paid for it, but still be expected to do it, that, I mean, yeah, I totally, I do not disagree with quiet quitting, I'm not against it. I totally fully understand, especially because everybody goes through burnout. Yeah. And I think for me, especially like, you know, being a manager of sort of, I'm the, I'm a, I am managing a business. I do all the hiring. I do any terminations that pop up. You know, I have those accountability conversations, but then I go into, you know, if, my employee takes on these extra tasks and feels like that they can't come to me and tell me, hey, I'm getting overwhelmed. That's not on my employee. That's on me as a manager for not taking the adequate time to check in with them to make sure, hey, they're keeping up with that workload because I am where I am because I can manage all these things. Yes, it's really nice sometimes when I have somebody who wants to develop who wants to know these skill sets for whatever they want to go out there and do with their life, you know? But then again, it's like, you know, if you're the kind of manager who consistently has to go up to somebody and go, oh, why did you stop doing this? Like, you need to look at yourself. You don't need Mm -hmm. to look at your employee. What is it about you or your leadership style or the way you approach people that makes them not want to tell you that they've taken too much on their plate and they're now experiencing burnout? And I think now that's not talked enough to be the devil's advocate. There's also another side to that where it might not necessarily be you or your leadership style that keeps an employee from coming forward. Sometimes that is a um, personal conflict within the employee themselves to where, yes, they volunteered to take on that extra workload and then they feel guilty or feel bad about needing to relinquish some of that workload and sometimes you know you can check in with your employee but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to 
tell you the truth or like come clean with how they're actually feeling. And I guess this is why like I do have such like a strong stance on it because I think that is a really good point. But I think also too, like mm-hmm. my leadership is all about who am I employing? Mm-hmm. Because they are my business, you know? And so, you know, and I've had this conversation with numerous people that I have employed throughout the years. And it's, okay, I check in. I can tell that they might be struggling a little bit, but then they sit there and go, oh, no, I got it, et cetera. And then it's later on that I realize, okay, they fully stopped this now. So then I go and I have that conversation with them about, hey, like, why? You don't have to tell me why. You don't have to ever tell me about, like, you know, the personal things going on in your brain, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but I'll just, you know, really make sure to have a point to have an open conversation with them. Like, hey, you know, everybody's going to have these emotions. Everyone sometimes takes too much on their plate. I just went through that myself. Mm -hmm. And I was just fortunate that I had a leader that I could go and talk to them about it. So I think that's another thing, too, because whenever I do have those conversations of, hey, like, I feel like you've kind of cut back a little bit. I, I don't approach it as, oh, why did you stop doing this helpful task? I approach it as, hey, I recognize that you're a human being and I'm genuinely concerned about you. So let's have a conversation about that. Let's have a conversation about, hey, what is the best way that I can support you? Whether it's, um, you know, things out in the community with all the community work that I've done that I know about. Or if there's things like within the job as far as a benefit that they might not know about. And I think that's why I still have that hard stance because it's, it's tough sometimes being a manager. I mean, you know this sometimes, you know whether we try to or not, you know, sometimes we're people's confidants. Mm -hmm. The random things that people I've employed have told me that have nothing to do with the job. But, you know, I have this conversation and it comes out. And so I think that's why I'm so much on like the leadership side of it and definitely the manager side of it. Because Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people, I never want to feel like somebody's boss. Right. I feel the same way. I always want them to see me as a leader. And so that's why I really make it a point just to have those more human conversations. And I feel like some people just don't do that nowadays. One thing that I promote within my business, which for clarity, typically it's me and one to two other people. So working in this small space versus corporate where you're working with 30 plus people versus my small business I'm with this person face-to-face every single day, close contact. And if we're, if we can't be comfortable, like there's no other person to kind of break up the time with. It's literally just me and that other person. So it's really important to me. I really like to push before I even hire somebody that their opinion matters that if there's a problem, they have to speak up because I'm I I'm not a mind reader. I can't just and I don't want to just assume. So I push that they they need to talk to me about things. And some managers are you know leave your problems at the door. But me personally, I'm not like that because you're at your workplace for thirty, forty, fifty hours a week. We don't do fifty hours here, but. You're there a lot. You spend a lot of time with those people. So to leave your problems and stuff at the door, I think is unrealistic considering you can't just turn those things off. 
not most people can't turn those things off. So they bring it in with them. And if they're having a bad day, you know, they need to be able and be comfortable with talking about it, expressing their feelings, if they're feeling overwhelmed, especially because we work with animals. So the animals pick up on that kind of thing. So if you're having a bad day and you're not enjoying your job, the animals are going to act up. They're going to be uncomfortable. They're going to uh, pick up on that anxiety and they're going to be anxious. So I really preach to my people, if you have a problem, if you're feeling bad, you need to say something. And I think a lot of managers don't create that relationship with their employees. And it is so important to realize that everybody's human and that we're going to have bad days. Oh, yeah. And like the approach that I take with my people, because I understand a lot of people, unfortunately, do have that mentality of don't bring your personal life to work. And there's a lot of people, Mm -hmm. myself included, that don't like bringing personal life into work. And so the approach that I take with my people is always like, you never have to tell me what's going on with your life. Ever, ever. But if I look at you and go, hey, like, I'm genuinely concerned about you. Do you need to go home today? Do you need to take a break? And you tell me yes, the conversation stops there. Right. Because I know trying to have that conversation is going to have more stress. So I'll be like, okay, okay, go home, take a break, relax. Whenever we work together next, that is when we will have this conversation. Because right. your mental health is more important. It's more important. And another thing that I always tell people, and I don't think this is said enough, if you are traditionally one of those that come into work and give 100% and then all of a sudden you have a bad week where you're only giving 50%, mm-hmm. if 50% is all you have to give, you're still giving 100%. And I really wish people would understand that as well. Because, you know, right. there, I mean, there's been numerous people throughout my years doing this that I've had conversations like that with where, you know, it would genuinely hurt them when they knew something was happening in their personal life and they couldn't give 100%. And it's like, if you're still giving the maximum percentage you can, that's Mm -hmm. still you doing your best. As a manager or an owner, it's our job to step in and help fill that other, what you said, 50% so that they still, they're giving their 100% and then you are also helping fill that gap so they don't feel like they're not giving 100%. Because that's, as a manager, that's your responsibility to make sure that your employees are taken care of. Because if they're not taken care of, they're not going to take care of you when you need it either. Yeah. And that's a huge thing, you know, because even while I've been gone, you know, I've still had some of my employees texting me and I respond like, hey, like, I am so sorry. Because this has to deal with work, I can't jeopardize anything, but let's have a conversation when I get back. You know, I think that's also something so valuable where, you know, when I told my team, hey, like I'm taking a leave of absence, each and every one of them were so genuinely concerned about me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm on the right track. I am now doing the right thing. And don't get me wrong. Like I have fucked up royally. You know, I have had people have conversations with me and go, hey, like that kind of hurt my feelings or hey, like this is, you know, something that you do that is not beneficial to anybody. And is it a hard conversation? Yeah, but it's an important conversation because if you as right. a manager are not willing to have those conversations too about what you can be doing better to help mm-hmm. your team, then why are you a manager? Because we're not perfect. 
Like I, yeah. that is going to be my theme is that we're all human, like through the whole podcast, we're human and we're going to make mistakes. And as long as we're creating an environment that allows our employees to feel comfortable and safe to come forward with or their concerns or we misspoke or something like that, that that is where we're succeeding is if we create that environment. Yeah. And I think too, because, and and here's something I feel like might just be unique to my job, you know, and this is something that was, you know, again, pointed out in the Dr. Phil episode. If you want somebody to take on extra work, you need to change their job description and compensate them appropriately for it. Absolutely. You know, because it's one of those things. Now, this isn't, this is just literally like the basics. I'm not going to say the full truth here just because I want to make it simplistic for people. I signed up for a job where I am on call 24-7. Now, there are nuances to that, et cetera, but I signed up for that. And I tell my people like, hey, if I call you because somebody called out and I'm looking for coverage, it is not in your job description to pick up the phone. It is not in your job description to come take a shift that you are not responsible for. Now, the ones you are specifically assigned, yes, those are your responsibility. But that's one thing I tell people, you know, like I'll have a list of who prefers to get called in versus who doesn't prefer to get called in. And that's okay. Now, yes, do I have to hire more people if I can't cover these call outs? Of course. But like, that's not in their job description. It's in my job description, you know, but it's also in my job description that, you know, these little things that I do take to be able to promote within my job. Those are in my job description, you know? So if you as, Mm -hmm. you know, an HR unit or a manager unit, if you want these people to take on this extra task, you have to compensate them for it in some way, shape, or form. And no, I am not talking about throwing a pizza party. I'm not talking about giving somebody a $5 coupon to Amazon (laughs) or whatnot. It needs to be their hourly or salary wage it needs to be and especially if you expect them to continue to pick up that extra thing one thing that i try to cultivate within my business and this is this might be totally different from corporate settings however i do feel like this is birthed out of our capitalist society where I like to encourage my employees to talk about their wages because if their wages are fair, if they're being compensated fairly, there should be no reason that they cannot discuss what they make with other employees because it shouldn't be a secret. If you are doing a job and that other person is doing the same job at a different level of quality, then they should not be paid the same. And that in itself, like being able to talk about what your wages are, what you make, should not be taboo. It is only taboo in capitalist societies because capitalism and um, corporate America, not specifically y'all, I'm not sure how y'all do it and feel free to correct me after, but they encourage competition between other I'm not talking specifically for your corporation, but some businesses encourage competition between other employees because you got to move up. You got to move up to make more money. And 
that to me just creates more stress. I feel like that especially employees should feel like they can come forward with, if they're taking on extra tasks, they should be, hey, I would like to learn how to do this. I'll use my business for an example. I start people out with just bathing dogs. And as they learn more skills, as they learn clipper work, as they learn scissor work, they move up. As they do more, their pay increases because that's how it should be. They're doing more of that skilled trade than they're compensated for that skill level. Yeah. Well, so the way my company does it is a little bit different because yes, there is pay ranges within a job. It's all based on your individual performance. Mm -hmm. So if you are not high performing, your salary is not going to go anywhere. Right. Now my hourly people, they are completely different. And that's something else that I cannot talk about without giving away where I work. But I think it's also one of those things where, you know, that's protect. A, a lot of people don't understand, like, that is protected under free speech. If anybody comes to you and say, hey, you can't talk about what you make, no. Because, like, me and one of my best friends that I work with, you know, I know how much she makes. She knows how much I make, mm-hmm. you know. And, yes, she makes a substantial more amount than I do, even though she's been with the company for a shorter period of time. Why? Because she is super high-performing. She's been in management of some way, shape, or form for almost 20 years. So right. she really knows what she's doing. So yeah, she's getting compensated for her skill set. Right. And it's another one of those things like it's okay to go to your manager or HR or who whoever handles pay. Um, because it's different for every single company. And mm-hmm. to go, hey, like, I don't feel like I'm being compensated fairly, or I don't feel like I'm even being compensated at market value. You know, Mm -hmm. like, it's okay to have those conversations. And if people take offense to that, get on Indeed, get on LinkedIn. Right. You know? And don't get me wrong. I understand it's really hard right now to find a good job. But it's one of those things, like, just don't stop trying. I didn't expect. So this is the third legal job because I have had some jobs that have been under the table. This is the third legal job that I've had, and I never expected to fall in love with it as much as I do. And I don't foresee myself going anywhere. Right. Um, but, you know, my previous employer, to hear somebody be so blatantly racist and still just have to, oh, we're going to send you through sensitivity training, which is a whole other topic that I could literally rant about for 30 minutes by myself. You know, so like, what did I do? I started looking for another job because it's like, I don't want to work for somebody like that. Right. But it's also because of a system put in place where that person's not being appropriately penalized for it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because that's one thing like, you know, I really sit down and make sure my people understand like, hey, this is your job description. And there are times when like, you know, I do have to have those accountability conversations where I'm like, hey. This is in your job description, but you're not really matching up to it. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. And one thing I find like nine times out of 10, just having that first initial conversation, like not doing like a write-up or anything like that, just having that conversation completely stops it. Or, you know, I've had conversations with people where I'm like, do you really want this job? You know, and they go, no. I'm like, okay, great. You know, you have options. Do I want you to quit on the spot? No. Why? Let's figure out what other jobs there are. Let's figure out what you want to do. Let me go ahead and give you a letter of recommendation. So doing all those little things just to make sure like, hey, they still have income coming in while looking for what they really want to do. And I think that's something a lot of managers also sometimes forget. Just because 
an employee is not happy in their current job doesn't mean they're a bad employee. It just means that they're not happy doing what they're doing now. And sometimes having that conversation with somebody and being understanding that that job isn't for everybody, that you support them if they want to make a change, almost nine out of 10 times that will turn the whole situation around and they'll start fulfilling their job expectations while still looking for something else. Because if you humanize with them and you make sure that their emotions are validated, they'll match you. Yeah. And like I go back to my previous job, you know, and something that I really learned what not to do. So there was a full investigation on my previous manager. And after everything was said and done, found out the result, et cetera, I got targeted. I got retaliated against. And it was so hard just to have anybody like really validate that. And I had to laugh. Mm -hmm. I jokingly call it her second in command. Like after I fully left, you know, he point blank told me that I was being retaliated against. I didn't get the job that I was actively doing. And then the person who they hired never showed up, would like never show up for training, always had an excuse to call out, half-assed everything that I was trying to train them. And I'm like, I'm not doing this for you anymore. Like I missed the overtime. I really did. You didn't hire me to do this job, even though I was already doing the job and I knew how to do it well. Correct. So no, I'm not going to sit here and train this person that you've hired that doesn't want to show up for work. And unfortunately, when I left, so did a lot of the other managers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, good for y'all. Let's sit down. Yeah. Let's go over resumes. Let's find other employment. You know, or even the fact that this manager literally called. I had to block her number because she called me so many times after I turned in my two-week notice. Mm. Like, no. So technically, I did put in a formal notice, but the kind of job that I had, I had to take three months off. So I gave it at the start of my three months off because they couldn't legally call me in anyway because of the contract that I was on. Right. And, you know, even like I shouldn't have to block somebody's phone number for turning in a two-week notice. No. And, you know, I understand it. You know, it is very hard sometimes for my upper level management to hold accountability with us because they don't see us every day like I see my employees. But there still has to be some way of accountability. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. So that's kind of what annoys me the most about that. Because I think if you do have employees quiet quitting, they're not not doing their job. Mm -hmm. They're doing the job that you hired them to do. They're right. doing the job that was laid out to them on the contracts that they signed when they went employed with their company. And if you have a problem with it, bring them back to the negotiation table. Especially if it's an employee. And this is something that, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not understanding all of what HR does. But I am aware that sometimes HR does control those conversations, especially in the hiring process. I luckily don't have to worry about that. But, you know, when I was hired as a manager and I went salaried versus hourly, you know, it was a third party telling me, hey, this is the pay range, et cetera. It was a third party that I was doing that negotiation with. Mm-hmm. And so you should never have a problem with somebody going to you and saying, hey, like, I don't think I'm being paid fairly. Right. Literally, right. you cannot penalize somebody for doing the job that you hired them for. Mm -hmm. I really expect as being the business owner, I also work in the business. I honestly bring in the majority of the income for the business. I'm the main groomer, I'm training up one girl, and I've got another girl starting with me. And at their interviews, I make 
absolutely clear that if they do not feel compensated fairly, that they should have a conversation with me. Because I'm HR. I am the accountant. I am, like, I do everything because of being a small business owner. So if somebody doesn't come to me, if somebody is unhappy with their job description or a task that is essentially theirs, they have to feel comfortable enough to come to me or else I can't do anything about it because it's literally just me. And I think that's something too, you know, about a corporation where it's like, you know, sure, like people come to me all the time and stuff. And I'm like, you know, there's nothing I can really do to change it, but I can get you in contact with the people who might be able to. Right. And so that's one thing that I make clear too, especially because, you know, corporate America is so much different than owning your own small business. Mm -hmm. You know, you own your small business, you are literally everybody rolled into one person. So you end up working like crazy hours. Whereas me, like, yes, I sometimes work crazy hours, but, you know, I do have that person to fall back on. I do have that leader who, you know, has made the mistakes that I have had, who I can really lean on for advice and direction on like, you know, how to be a better manager. And I think that's something too, where I feel like employees really don't speak up for themselves enough. Right. And they should, they absolutely should. They should, no matter the job or the manager or anything like that, employees should feel like they can advocate for themselves. Yeah. You have a voice. It's Mm -hmm. okay to use that voice. Right. And I think a lot of people just don't take enough advantage of that because, you know, and I think this goes back to that mentality of like, oh, if I'm the only one complaining, like nothing's going to change. Right. But how do you know you're the only one complaining unless you say something? You know, this is something I tell my team all the time. You know, there are some things that I find out that I have to do investigations on and I'm like, you know, and I make this very clear to everybody. Like, if you don't tell me, I'm going to find out one way or another. And you can't fix it. Yeah, and because there's going to be somebody else that comes to me. But if you aren't willing to talk about it, if you Mm -hmm. aren't willing to come to me and say, hey, Renee, like such and such happened. It made me really uncomfortable. I don't know how to move forward. And nine times out of 10, it's literally just sitting people down to have a facilitated discussion, to give them a safe space to talk about their emotions and talk about the things that have been bothering them. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people just don't take enough advantage of it. Right. But also there are, we are not saying that there isn't bad managers out there because oh, there there's absolutely totally is. bad managers out there. Right. And that I absolutely can understand having some workplace trauma that keeps you from coming forward. But at some point there has to be somebody who steps forward. And, and this is why I say Everybody needs to go to therapy. Right. <laughs> because if they're right. like, seriously, like if you have, you know, past work trauma, because let's be real, most of us do. Right. Having that third person to help facilitate. And like, you know, this is something I do with my therapist is have mock discussions of things mm-hmm. that I want to say to somebody that I don't want it to come off as me just being an asshole because I can right. be an asshole. And I, that's not how you have a conversation. Having that person that I can be like, Hey, like, This is the conversation I want to have. These are my anxieties around it. This is why I don't want to have that conversation. You know, so then you have that person you can just go to and say, hey, like, I know this conversation is important, but I'm terrified to have it. Help me work through these emotions. So I do have the courage to go and have that conversation. Right. When one another thing I want to point out is 
you can only control your actions and your feelings. You cannot control how somebody reacts or feels about something that you say or do. So you could have the best intentions, but somebody could still take it the wrong way. Now, is it your responsibility to coddle that person and to make them feel okay if they respond negatively to how you've approached a subject? No, it is not your responsibility. There are bad managers out there. There are bad companies out there. Do they start off that way? Absolutely not. We're all human. But as a manager, as a leader, as a business owner, as anybody in a position of power, you should be okay with realizing that you also make mistakes, that you Mm -hmm. are not perfect, and you have to be accountable for that. Yeah, exactly. I could not have said that more perfect. Oh, thanks. I should have said perfecter. (laughs) Others. People will soon learn how I talk and understand why we make jokes about how I pronounce things all the time. Y'all will get annoyed by it. (laughs) (laughs) Or you'll just giggle at it like I do. So it makes for a good joke later. (laughs) It does. It really does. Now, with that being said, again, the jokes that we will sometimes lay in on each other on, because I have seen this so many times on social media, we have been friends for seven years There is nothing that one of us will do that will offend the other one. And if it does, like, we won't even add it into the podcast. Like, we will have a conversation about it first. Absolutely. Because we've, yeah, we've built up that communication. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some conversations that with my own anxiety, I wait to have until I can talk to my therapist about it. Right. But, And that's okay, too. Oh, yeah. Like, that's one thing. Part of my therapy is getting me comfortable saying things in the moment. Being able to, you know, break down that threat state that I put myself into sometimes. Because, yes, you can put yourself into a threat state sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, just breaking down those barriers, working through it. But sometimes you just can't have that conversation. And that's okay. Right. It is every right to say, hey, can we pause here and let me take a break? Let me process and I'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you are just so in the moment and anxious or any type of emotion that you can't process clearly and it's okay to walk away and come back later yeah exactly so again i knew i was going to be really highly opinionated on this because i guess you know and i know it's very uncommon for you know especially people in corporate to kind of have that mentality but at the end of the day if it's not in your job description it's not in your fucking job description it's not so your if responsibility. It's too much, yep. If it's too much on your plate, slide it the fuck off. Put it right into that goddamn trash can. Who the fuck cares? Right. Because your mental health and your well-being and being compensated for the job you are doing is way more important than being seen as an asset that somebody can use and abuse. Because right. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Yep. And I feel like everybody who has worked a job can relate in some way, shape, or form. Oh, 100%. If you've worked a job and you can't relate, all the props to you, stay in that job because that's amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have had, I have worked for at least 10 different companies. And I used to beat myself up for quote unquote job hopping. But 
if you do not feel compensated or valued with a job, it is okay to leave. Because I'll tell you this, I would not be the manager I am today, the owner, the coworker I am today, if it wasn't for all of my past experiences building up to help me understand and run my business. Because I could not run my business without seeing and being a part of the past mistakes and situations I've been put in. And like everything has led up to who I am now. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. (laughs) The phone is ringing. The phone will be right there. (laughs) (laughs) It rang one time and then stopped. It just stopped. That's weird. Yeah. And I think as, as somebody who has explicitly worked corporate jobs, I've worked three corporate jobs now and I've had a handful of jobs that were either just side jobs, paying under the table jobs. Um, I did have a transcribing job at one point that was just kind of like earn what you want to earn, basically. An accumulation of all that has taught me, you know, the kind of person that I want to be versus the kind of person that I don't want to be because I would love to own my own business. But right now it's like I'm in such a good spot where, you know, I can offer people benefits that I know if I employed myself, I wouldn't be able to offer. You know, and that's the part that really sucks about being a, you know, your own business owners. There's a lot of things that you want to do that you just don't really have the financial means to. Right. And And I just can't yet. Yeah. You know, and this is something, especially the college students that I hire, I always tell them, I know that this job is not your top priority. It's a way to make ends meet, but Mm -hmm. I want to make it an enjoyable time. I want to make sure that the skills that you learn here do have some form of impact. You know, Mm -hmm. later on down the road, even if it's, you know, we had a facilitated conflict resolution conversation and you take those things into your professional career and you take those things and you run with it, you know, so even those minor changes, you know, because again, like there are a lot of people that come inside my building and I know they don't want to move up the corporate ladder, you know, and I totally respect that, but Mm -hmm. I still want to make sure that it's an enjoyable job. I still want to make sure that the skills that you learn can be transposed to other places of your life. No, and even if they're just there for the benefits, if they're just there to fill in some gaps financially, or if it is part-time for retirement, whatever, just to get them out of the house, who cares? They're there to do a job. Mm -hmm. And if that means that they're there to just do their job and that's it, that's okay too. Yeah. They don't have to want to move up. A lot of what corporate America pushes is you have to want more. And that's not necessarily true for everybody. Now, with the way my business is set up, I do expect people to come in because I hire bathers and I expect them to want to learn. So, but I do set the expectation that if you decide that this is not for you, because working with animals is not for everyone, that's okay. You just have to tell me. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Like I get that what I do is not for everybody. It's mm-hmm. really not. Because some of the, some of the questions people ask you is just like, what? I absolutely could not do what you do at, at all. No. 
no. I'd rather get bit by a dog than deal with some of the customers that you have to deal with. Well, honestly, again, like as a manager, you know, I, I, I do have some control over my customer base. And I really make sure that when people walk in that door, they need to understand you are not to abuse my team. You are not going to belittle my team. And if mm-hmm. you don't stop, you will get out of my building. Yeah, I do not subscribe. The bullshit customers always right. Uh-uh. And I make sure my employees know. But that's not even the full saying. Right. Do you know the full saying? Um, I don't know the exact thing, no. So the exact saying is, the customer is always right in matters of taste. Meaning if somebody comes in and buys a fucking ugly ass hat that they enjoy, 100% that customer is right. That is the most gorgeous hat on you. <laughs> screaming at somebody because they are following procedures and policies that a corporation and a manager have put in place uh-uh. uh-uh which you should never talk to anybody like that anyway and anybody who thinks they're entitled to that really needs therapy and needs to reevaluate themselves as a person and a human <laughs> well don't get me wrong i have been a karen once but i think it was a justified moment of being a karen See, but then then it's not so-called Karen. I kind of don't like calling people Karens just because well, there are people no. out there named Karen. But <laughs> Well, okay, I'm using Karen in the term of the people who literally seem to make it their life's mission to be miserable. Right. And complain about everything, okay? Right. But, like, you know, I can't – it was one of the fast food restaurants. I can't even remember which one it was now. But my dad wanted something that I don't know anything about, but he's very particular about things that he likes on his burgers versus things that he doesn't like on his burgers. Right. So I was in the drive-thru because this was during COVID. Indoor side stuff was closed. That's fine. And I was like, you know, on his sandwich, can I make sure it doesn't get, I think it was like no mustard, no pickles, something like that. And like, you know, from the get-go of the conversation, it sounded like she was having a bad day. Very short very much tone in her voice she's not happy Mm -hmm. well anyway when she says like when i say that she goes oh it doesn't come on that sandwich and i was like okay that's fine i didn't know but i really don't appreciate your attitude like i don't frequently come here right and then it started with the attitude of well we'll just make it anyway like who cares And it was just like, oh, my God. And, of course, being COVID, you pay with one person. It's the same window that you get your food out of. And, I mean, the entire time, I mean, she's just throwing things at me at this point. Like, she didn't give me straws. And I asked for straws. And she literally grabs them out and just tosses them through my window, completely ignores my hand. And I went off. I was like, I don't know what kind of fucking day you're having, but you need to chill the fuck out because that's not okay. I'm trying to be nice. But you're making it really fucking difficult. And now at this point, I want your manager. And then she oh, wow. she's like, well, my manager's not fucking here right now. Yeah, the manager was there standing like in close proximity to this person and came up to the window. Now, mm-hmm. I did not accept the refund because I'm not one of those people. I don't believe in that. I am paying for what I'm getting. But right. yeah, like I feel like I went full Karen on her just complaining. And I'm like, you don't treat people like that. If you're having a bad day, you need like, and I told the manager, I was like, she needs to go home. She's obviously not okay. She needs to be sent home. She needs, yeah, she needed a break because yeah. something set her off. Yeah. And so. I know it probably wasn't me. And I know me getting frustrated with her was not, I kind of feel bad that I did curse at her 
but it's still it's like come on now right i don't know what goes in these sandwiches like well and one thing food industry you're literally there to prepare food and if somebody needs unless it is explicitly stated we do not make alterations substitutions that's the word we do not if unless it's like explicitly stated that you do not make substitutions a customer has every right to change something about how something's made that's literally what you're there for that's typically part of your job description especially fast food yeah another thing customer service no the customer's not always right however you may have the worst day but it is not the customer's fault that you're having a bad day so do not take your bad day out on that poor customer just trying to get some food (laughs) yeah exactly you know being being rude to anybody one way or another customer to employee employee to customer vice versa that is not acceptable it is never acceptable to just be flat out rude to somebody. Now, have I been defensive and gotten snippy with somebody back when they've given me attitude? Absolutely. I feel like we all have. I'm not perfect. I can be mean. I understand that. I'm aware of it. I try to be better. But you come at me with attitude, you're getting some back. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, because I mean, don't be wrong. There are sometimes with customers i can say this because this happened at my old job not my new job um you know i was extremely passive aggressive with a customer that was rude to me and he quickly learned his lesson and i was really thankful that like, the other people in the area were regular so they knew what i was doing so they were cool with it i mean they were laughing their asses off you know so there are times that i will do that and i think you know it's one of those things where it doesn't matter what's going on in your life to take that out on somebody else again That's why therapists exist. Call up your best friend. Rant to them. You know, there's times where I'll call Kaylin and I'll just literally go, forewarning, I'm about to scream into this phone. You know? (laughs) I don't take that out on somebody else. Right. But, yeah. So as you can see, I was highly opinionated about it. I feel like everybody can relate one way or another. I'm not even going to lie. I don't relate to the people who say that quiet quitting is like one of the worst things to ever happen. Oh, no. I can't understand the other. I like, and I've tried. I, I did a lot of research into the other side of the argument and I have tried to understand it. And I just don't. Like, I really don't get it. No, I don't either. I have not done research into the other side of it, but no. Well, that's because <laughs> you, you didn't know what topic we were doing today, so. No, but still, though, regardless. Yeah. I just, I don't see how anybody could just be okay with, yeah, no. No, absolutely not. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Is that it? Are we, if, I feel like we covered. I feel like we covered everything without going on too many tangents. I know. I feel like we did good this episode. I know. Last episode, we went on so many tangents. That's and okay, ended up though. talking about stuff that we weren't. So this is very free form um, as far as with our topics, et cetera, with what we talk about. So we will divulge into other topics all the damn time. Yeah. Conversation. 
So what's the controversial question you have for me this time? Oh, that's right. I forgot I was in charge of that. <laughs> Even though we just had the conversation. <laughs> we literally waited to hit record until you had the question picked out too. Okay. This is, you're really going to understand this and you're going to have a big opinion on it because it, like it, it happens in your, your job a lot. So the controversial question for you today is how do you feel about friendships and relationships between employees and their upper management? Oh, an upper management? Yes. No. No, 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 no. Relationships and friendships between the okay. people you work with, regardless of status. Friendships. Okay. 100%. I agree with that. You know, because there are times that, you know, yes, my next level leader understands what I'm going through, but they don't need to hear about it. They don't need to hear about the nuances of my day and the things that I just need to bitch about. So yes, I call somebody on my peer team. I am friends with people on my peer team. We go out to lunch. I've been to some of their houses to vent about, you know, our day with, because like, you know, I know I can vent to you, but I also know you don't understand what I do. Just no. like you vent to me with the understanding that I don't 100% understand what you do. So no. far as friendships, Yes, if you are on the same playing field, I agree with friendships. Now, friendships with people who are either above you or underneath you, you need distance. Um, you know, you need to have some sort of distance. For example, one of my best friends is two steps below me, but works in a different city that I can deal with. You know, because there are some things that we talk about our job. I can't tell her everything because of what my job entails, you know, I know I can't tell her everything and she understands that I can't tell her everything. But I'm okay with that too, because there's distance enough where we can still be friends without getting in the way of what we do. It's not going to affect my performance. It's not going to affect, affect her performance. Now, relationships. And I know this happens a lot, even in my company. There's a lot of people who are married. There's a lot of people who are parents, etc. Parents is a whole other thing. But as far as, like, sexual relationships, keep it out of the close workspace. Like, if there's somebody within that company that works in a different building, but they're your peer, that's okay for a relationship. But if y'all are in, like, the same building, the same cubicle, the same back of house line, don't do it. For the love of God, don't do it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> it causes so much tension. I mean, it... It's really like bringing your personal life to work every single day. And nobody wants to do that. Especially if you get into a relationship with someone in upper level management. And again, you have no distance. Uh-uh. That's a no for me. That is a super strong no. I'm sorry. There's going to be so many conflict of interest. I, no, I'm sorry. And I again, I know there's a lot of people out there that do it. And I'm really not trying to shame y'all. But personally... Keep your love life out of where you work. Okay. And like, no, it's like, because I even think about it myself. I don't want to have to come home every single day to somebody that I just spent the last eight hours working with. Sure. That's understandable. You picked a good one, though, because I'm very hot about this topic. Now, Kayla know. knows some backstory about this that I cannot say or else I would probably get myself fired. 
Right. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Especially because if you do do it, I promise you, your manager is going to find out about it. We don't want to know. I don't want to know. Let me take that back. I don't want to know who you're sleeping with. That's just weird. I don't need that information. Thank you. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Okay, so we're really going to get controversial because I have a total different view on that. So as far as friendships, I feel like you spend every day, you spend a lot of time with the people you work with. You do. You spend 30, 40, 50 hours a week with the people you work with. Um, I feel like friendships shouldn't have um, boundaries as far as management levels. However, the manager has to be able to regulate. I feel like everything is kind of based on the people involved because the manager has to be able to regulate the friendship versus the workship as well as the employee has to be able to regulate their expectations on friendship versus workship. Now, relationships, I feel... Can I say something about friendships real quick before we get over to your relationship? Here's... Okay. So, I'm going to use you as an example. Let's say that I hired you. Mm -hmm. And I am friends with you outside of work. We just so happen to be outside of work talking. And I say, oh, so-and-so is getting fired. And then you tell somebody else that you know, like, let's say it's an accidental slip up. You did not mean to do it. But then that person tells superiors. Mm -hmm. That's the manager's ass on the line, not the employees. And that's why I'm really hesitant about friendships. Well, that's where that distance. Right. But that's also where the manager and the employee have to have that line drawn to where you don't talk about that thing. But I don't think, You can be friends and not talk about work stuff. You can be friends and talk about work stuff, but regulate what you say. I feel like being friends, because you will meet so many people, especially corporate people, you'll meet so many people that you just instantly mesh with. And I feel like you shouldn't be kept from creating like a bond with that person because some of your best friendships will come out of your workships. So for me, I feel like it would be something that would just have to be regulated, that both parties would have to be aware of where they stand and more cautious about what they tell each other. But I don't think that it should be like you would get in trouble for being friends with that person like I and I know this is totally different for me because I'm a small business owner and we work in such close proximity versus you worth managing up like 30 something people so it's definitely different but I like to tell my my people that I don't want you to just see me as a boss I want to be I do want to be their friend because we spend so much time together that I want to know about them and I want to create that relationship with them. And I understand that's totally different on your end. But going to the relationship aspect, there are some people that work great together and that can go home and still like 
function and be great together at home. I get that. I do, however, think for the most part that relationships should definitely be kept out of the workplace. Simply because most couples, most people who have intimate relations cannot self-regulate that and keep it out of the workplace. And it's not that they have to keep it out of the workplace, but they can't bring in their relationship troubles because every relationship is going to have their ups and downs. So you can't bring that into the workplace because that not only affects them, it affects everybody else around them. For small businesses, you know, that's a little different because some small businesses are husband and wife team or wife and wife or husband and husband or you know, any couple, sometimes it works for them. So I think that for sure is a person-by-person basis. But that's definitely a controversial question. I picked a good one (laughs) just to pat myself on the back. Well, I mean, even in terms of like, if you are a husband and a wife team or wife and wife team, husband-husband team, everything in between, and you own your own business of any kind, and you can do that together I applaud you because it really is not for everybody but that one is a little bit different because you typically have that conversation before you go into a business and I think that's where it's like you know one of my previous managers was in a relationship with a fellow manager and it when they broke up oh my god I mean it was it was hard and it's just like you know I don't want to know this information about somebody else with this company you know well, and it kind of right. splits the it splits the employees. It splits, like it splits everybody mm-hmm. when when something like that implodes. So I do get yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. no, I guess I guess I'm very very old school, especially with my views on like friendships in the workplace. I just personally, for me, I need distance because I'm also one of those people where I don't want to have a friend that I have to monitor myself around. Right. I get and that. that's just me personally. I know there's other people who like are really good at setting those boundaries and like, you know, having those different kinds of friendships. I'm just not one of them, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's it's definitely different when you work in a corporate setting versus small business mm-hmm. because I've I have worked in a few corporate settings. So I'm not totally oblivious to it. But my preference is absolutely small business and more relaxed environments as far as who you can be friends with and what you can do outside of work. As long as you can set those boundaries and maintain maintain them, then I feel like you should absolutely be friends with who you connect with. So, yeah. but that was definitely a good little conversation piece. I, uh, I liked how that went. I definitely would love to hear other people's opinions on it and their experiences, like especially experiences. Now, y'all, I am guilty of, I love to hear the tea. I'm one of those people where I'll grab some popcorn and I'll sit and I'll listen to it all day long. Do I want to be in the tea? Absolutely not. Uh Uh-uh. I'm an extrovert, but not the extroverted. I don't want to be in any drama. But do I want to hear about the drama? Absolutely. <laughs> Give me the tea. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely love drama when it doesn't involve me. 
yeah exactly i don't want to be in it yeah it's like when it involves me i was like nope i'm out i can't nope no i shut down yep <laughs> But oh, I think well, I that's guess. it, unless you want to add anything else. To oh, no, the- I was just going to say that was a great segue into social medias. Uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram as the Bitchscape Podcast. Um, however, Facebook is just a little finicky with those curse words. So it will be the word bitch without the I. You can also email us at thebscape at gmail.com. Um, and you can find all of that information on our website, uh, thebitchscapepodcast.com. Well, that was a good conversation, but uh, we will catch you next time. And thanks for bitching with us.